right, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we are talking about Medusa Deluxe. It's going to be a weird one, guys, uh, but we have a great episode coming up here. Uh, a couple of great guests. We've got Guillermo Barahona and Rose Donahue, and uh, they have a couple of short films out right now that they collaborated on, and it was great getting them both here on the show. So uh, yeah, we get into a lot of great puzzle pieces for this weird, weird movie, Medusa Deluxe, but uh, that's coming up in a second. Before we get to it, I do want to remind you, as always, to make sure you are subscribed to Piecing It Together wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow us on social media at PiecingPod, and don't forget to join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show. So uh, with that said, you know what? Let's just get right into it. Let's talk about Medusa Deluxe. All right, we are going to talk about a weird one today. It should be a fun one to talk about. And joining me, I've got two great guests. We've got Guillermo Barahona and Rose Donahue. Guys, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having us. So good to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Absolutely. Uh, Guillermo, you suggested this movie, and we'll get into it in a minute about, like, I don't know what, where this one hit your radar, but before we do, though, it is both your first times on the show. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself to my listeners and tell them about what you guys do? Okay. Yes. Hello. Hello, everybody. My name is Rose Donahue. I'm an actor and producer, and we enjoyed watching Medusa Deluxe. I'm excited to talk to these gentlemen about it for sure. Absolutely. And you guys just recently worked together on a film, right? Yes, yeah, so this is our second collaboration uh, when we saw each other at the Nevada Women's Film Festival a few months ago. Yeah, absolutely. Tell them a little bit about uh, the film uh, before we jump into Medusa Deluxe. Yes. Uh, well, quick introduction. Uh, my name is Guillermo Barahona. I'm also a Vegas-based producer uh, and filmmaker here in Vegas. Uh, our movie was Decision, which is a story of our character coming to terms with his past in order to make a decision to solve his immigration status. Right on. Very cool. Well, right on. With Medusa Deluxe, was this one that had been on your uh, radar? I'm, I'm guessing, I believe it was a Sundance premiere. Is that when you first heard about it? No, I just have been following the 824 movies recently. And uh, sure. especially now that we have uh, the ongoing strike, uh, I was like, mm. they're doing their good parts. So let's support them a little more. So that's where I was like, perfect. And it's a detective story. Well, murdered yeah. mystery. Yeah, for sure. No, I, th that's actually a really good point. And I know, Rose, you've been out there uh, doing the strike. And, and that's awesome. And, and thank you for doing what you're doing there. Um, but that that's a great point, though, about A24. Like, they have been one of the a uh, few studios or maybe like only a couple that have like done any kind of part in trying to help like further things along. Uh, so yeah, so it's great to shine a light on this. And th this has been a kind of under the radar movie. Like I know it had a lot of buzz out of the fest and then uh, it kind of went away. And when you mentioned it, I was like, oh, I forgot about that movie. <laughs> like, like I just haven't seen anything about it. And sure enough, it was coming out like a week later. Um, so yeah, I, I'm glad we all got a chance to see it and we're going to, uh, you know, get into it here. It's definitely, I think there's going to be some interesting things to get into. Um, so, you know, with that said, let's just start getting into puzzle pieces. Gilmo, we'll go with you first. What do you have for your first puzzle piece here for Medusa Deluxe? Oh, Lord. Uh, well, that one is kind of like the obvious, the film style, uh, the one shot technique. I was just so brilliant. And I just immediately thought back three years ago to 1917, mm -hmm. uh, the, the way how... Sam Mendes went about that movie of just giving us the whole story so grounded, 
right from the character's perspective and we couldn't go anywhere else and just hit so well because when i was like is that is that a one shot and then i was just like it is a one shot and it was just oh so brilliant oh yeah absolutely from a filmmaking perspective like were the cuts here obvious or did you think they like really seamlessly made a one shot here Mm. i mean I watched 1917 a whole bunch of times, like where look spotting all like the cuts as all the filmmaking blogs were sure. going around. So like this one, I felt like it was a bit more obvious, but that was because I was looking more for the cuts. I was like, oh, they're moving here or fog over there. I was like, oh, cut right there, spinning around, perfect. So that that's when it felt it felt more obvious because I've been already practicing more, keeping an eye over like where the cuts could be at. Yeah, no, for sure. I I think it's an interesting like filmmaking technique and like there's so many different reasons to do it. Like here, I think it just adds to the claustrophobia of being like in those those corridors and all that stuff of this venue that they're in. And so uh, it it, and then, of course, 1917 is all out in the open. So, I mean, like doing it for totally different reasons. But Rose, are you a fan of 1917? I did enjoy seeing it. I saw it in theaters. Um, I did not do a deep dive into reviewing it many times but Mm -hmm. i definitely liked seeing it i agree with you about this claustrophobia that it creates for medusa deluxe uh it really it does it's much tighter as you mentioned just more in enclosed spaces um which i think was really a, a cool move in terms of creating tension Sure. Uh, and then some of the, they had some pretty extreme close-ups too as part of that, mm-hmm. which I think was a really great touch in terms of the like getting invested in the different characters. But yeah. in terms of the one shot, I got to say, I just looked up the cinematographer, Robbie Ryan. I mean, that person must be in good shape. Like I cannot <laughs> yeah. imagine like carrying a camera all around. I'm sure, you know, the study cam and everything, but whoo. Kudos. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. A lot of stairs in that uh yes. in that venue that they're in. Oh God. Making me exhausted just watching right? it. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's go on to another puzzle piece. Rose, what do you have for your first piece? So I have Blow Up by uh directed by Michelangelo Antonioni. Yeah. Uh I believe it's a 1966 film. Didn't write down the date. Uh, 67. I know because we actually covered it on Awesome Movie Year. Oh, amazing. Okay, cool. Nice. Yeah, so I chose that one uh, because it's a murder mystery as well. And the main shot that made me think about it was when um, the gentleman with the that runs the event and had that blazer on, um, Mm -hmm. gray hair, awesome. Sure. Lovely hair. Anyway. Oh, yeah, that guy had a good look to him. Yeah, sure. he yes. was very cool. Yeah. Very cool. I'm, yeah. bl- I'm blanking on what his character's name is. But uh, there's a moment where he's standing in this hallway and there's pink mirrors on either side of him. And there's this sense of depth because of how like far away he is and like this hallway is. And it right. just it reminded me of a few of the shots in blow up uh specifically this is it's not exactly the same but there is one shot in the film where there's the models and they have pieces of glass like in between them um yeah that goes back and again like really great depth creation there so i think between the fact that it is a murder mystery and it had these kind of artsy shots 
And I guess maybe just because it has models in general. Medusa Deluxe <laughs> is about hair modeling, right? Um, sure, sure. And Glow Up has them as well. So I think that's where I get that overlap. Yeah, that's a great piece. I, I hadn't thought about that one. And uh, it, yeah, just that world of like this very specific like fashion slash modeling slash, you know, art really uh, kind of mixed with a mystery like this. And, uh, you know, it, it definitely creates a different kind of a setting for a mystery. Usually, you know, I don't know if I'm going to step on any puzzle piece toes here, but like, you know, with various murder mysteries, it's usually like, I don't know, in a house or something like that, you know, somebody got murdered, you know. Uh, but this is a def definitely a different kind of setting and blow up, I think, is, you know, kind of a similar setting in a way uh, to, to this. So, yeah, that's an interesting one one uh Guillermo a fan of blow up I've not seen it <laughs> it's, okay. it's on my watch list though but I have not seen it <laughs> yeah it's a weird one yeah, it's, it's a, a weird one but uh yeah, yeah it's like it is a weird one a little yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's worth checking out though yeah. for sure um I will go with a weird one myself actually for my first piece here uh from 2018 it's her smell uh, an Alex Ross Perry film with Elizabeth Moss as this uh, self-destructive rock star. And um, it takes place pretty much completely backstage at uh, this concert where she's kind of just destroying her career, basically. And, uh, you know, you not only have all the backstage stuff and the hallways and the corridors that we're talking about, um, but you have just this insane tension that's created a lot by the sound design. And that was the thing that, like, struck me the most with this movie medusa deluxe is the score and the sound design are just it's like getting in your head and like it almost makes you feel like you're going crazy and like you don't know where you're going and that's something that her smell did so well and uh there's like a constant thumping to, to the sounds of the venue and everything going on in the walls and in the other rooms next door and it's very disorienting and um it really creates a really immersive kind of experience. And both of these movies, I think, did it really well. I've not seen that one, but sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I do agree about the score. Yeah. It did give a sense, just almost kind of like a little bit of Country for Old Men with like mm -hmm. sometimes like the silence there was. Sure. Like you'd only hear like the brushing, the the hairsprays and everything. And like just the dial. And it's just like, yeah, it feels... It just added more to like that claustrophobia of things like what's we're stuck here. Sure, sure. No Country for Old Men is, um, first of all, one of the best like sound design films like ever, I think. And also like as a composer myself, like a great example of when not to use score. Um, it's just nice. like an expert example of that of like sometimes you know yeah you want to you know show off you want to you know do some cool stuff when you're uh, scoring a film but sometimes the best thing is just holding back and that's something that the coen brothers know all about and uh you know that that film really uses just the right amount of music so uh absolutely uh guillermo let's go to another puzzle piece from you i think we're going for the most obvious things like the the pieces of the genre that we have, kind of like Knives Out, for example, the most recent sure. examples that we have these movies of like really revive, revitalizing popularly this genre of the whodunit scene. And like we have in here, in this case, we have the absence completely of your Benoit Blanc um, <laughs> sure. and your characters like that. And it's just, I was like, oh, there's, there's not a smart cookie here trying to find right. out who did it you know it's just like everybody's blaming each other and everybody's got such um motives to even go about committing some kind of crime in this contest 
Yeah, yeah. No, that, that's that's true. And yeah, when you go into murder mysteries, like right now, Knives Out is kind of the gold standard of like what is happening in the genre right now. And it's funny, like, you know, bringing up that this is an A24 film, um, you know, every genre has it's like, oh, it's the A24 version of that. And like, I think that would be a pretty uh, clear and easy way to describe this movie to someone. It's like an A24 Knives Out. Yes. <laughs> Rose, are you a fan of Knives Out? I am definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I've also watched Glass Onion and Janelle Monet is just everything. So sure. loved that yeah. I think it's it's hard to make a, a sequel, especially since, you know, the first Knives Out was just such a hit. Uh, yeah. But I feel like they did a good job. And it was it's definitely a fun watch. Definitely much more of a fun watch compared to Medusa Deluxe, which was much more of an intense <laughs> <Tense>. <laughs> watch. Yeah. So I think definitely. your comparison to like the A24 version uh, is a good one. Right on, right on. Rose, <laughs> let's go to another piece. Sure. Uh, let's see here. So I just wrote generally John Waters because of mostly because of the hair. Uh, sure. You know, yeah. it's a it's a camp movie in many ways, Medusa Deluxe, I feel like. And yeah. so I think I'm not even like super familiar with a lot of John Waters works, but even just thinking about the vibe of him and his work um, came to me when I was watching it. So yeah. yeah, the hair stuff, very camp, outfits, all of that. But then I think also a little bit because the characters are so extreme and there are very extreme mm -hmm. characters in Mr. Waters' works as well. So. Oh, sure. Yeah. All of these characters are like very loud and <laughs> very like big. And uh, yeah, I think like I I was a little mixed overall on Medusa Deluxe. Like I liked it quite a bit, but like I didn't love it. But um, I think I might have loved it if it was even bigger and even weirder and even more John Waters ish. You know, <laughs> I, I think that that's that's a great comparison, but I wish it was even more in there. You know what I mean? That's fair. Yeah. I mean, I, th I think. It would be a different movie if it had more of that, but sure, um, it could definitely, it would still, it could still exist in the same vein, and it would be kooky. I mean, it's already a little bit kooky, <laughs> so <Yes. laughs> yeah. that would definitely take it to the next level. Sure, absolutely. Um, I will go with Quentin Tarantino's Death Proof for my uh, next puzzle piece. Um, Basically, there's there's this violent act that is completely off screen and a, a bunch of female characters who are basically talking about how horrible everything that's happened is, uh, but we're never really seeing it. And uh, we spend the, the time with all these very strong, very interesting, very, like I said, loud, uh, you know, female characters uh, that, that are very big and everything is shot in a way that's like very like bright and uh, like visually exciting and very much like any Tarantino film, really. Uh, but certainly the very like female energy of that one lends itself more to this. And uh, yeah, mainly just that idea of... Uh, we're, we're spending the time with these characters and the effects of some violent act on them versus actually seeing the violence. And then, of course, uh, at the end of Death Proof, we do see a shitload of violence, yes. but, uh, you know, it doesn't really uh, happen till the end. And uh, here we also see some, but not, not that much, though. So. I think mm. also for the Tarantino comparison, it's it's a small ensemble cast for Medusa Deluxe, which kind of. I think harkens back to like Reservoir Dogs and even uh, mm -hmm. Hateful Eight, 
there's, it's, you know, it's pretty contained in terms of the characters that we're following. Sure. One location, these set characters that mm-hmm. there's no kind of in or out because they're all stuck there. So mm-hmm. uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Guillermo, let's go to another piece. You know, like, oh, man, the um, sticking with those, like, the the um, darkness, the grittiness of it to, to an extent, especially the lighting. I thought a lot back to the Daredevil show, the one on Netflix, okay. one, one on Disney, uh, because, like, the way how sometimes, especially, like, uh, when they did one shots or, like, they did, like, the compressed spaces, um, you felt like, okay, well, who's here, who's there, and... You, you didn't know where was our character in this case, our character sometimes. And, you know, especially like our, one of our main suspects, I guess, our dear Gak here, that uh, he would come on sometimes and then he would just disappear. Or like he would, you'll see him doing one thing. You're like, what is that going on over there? And sure. I thought a lot of back to that kind of noir-esque um, type of pieces. Right on. Yeah, I, I haven't seen Daredevil, um, so I, I can't really speak to that specifically. Uh, Rose, are you a fan of the Daredevil right, show? I'm not familiar. I haven't seen it. So, But what I will say, though, as long as we're bringing up Gak, because uh, I, we haven't really talked about him yet, you know, at all, like, what a... Uh, off-putting character yes. <laughs> this guy is um yeah great performance uh from, from this actor uh Hyder ali i wrote down his name um yeah very interesting performance it's funny i saw a lot of people on letterbox actually comparing this to uh gaspar noe's climax which uh is a favorite of mine i love that movie i don't really see the comparison mm-hmm. but this guy looks like gaspar noe so uh, i guess you could kind of uh say it's like gaspar noe thrown into this weird little uh thriller so yeah sure why not <laughs> this is the groundskeeper right gack yes okay, yeah. yeah yeah outstanding performance though truly yeah yeah. Absolutely. Rose, what do you got next? I So, there's a pretty extensive opening sequence to Medusa Deluxe, and it reminded me of the James Bond films. Ooh. I Specifically, I thought of Die Another Day, which may just be, cut, be because I um, that was the first James Bond film I ever saw. We had it on VHS growing up, so I don't know mm. if that's just somewhere in my memory. But... <laughs> It it opened kind of like an action movie with that particular sequence. Sure. But I liked that it was with hairbrushes and hairspray. Like it was these oversized hairdressing items, but there were people like dancing and like doing action shots through them and over them and stuff. So uh, obviously it fit the theme of the film, but it did it it set me up for some type of adventure that sure. you know wasn't wasn't just hanging out at a hair event um, right and then they i i don't know how i feel about it but since we're talking about the beginning i will also mention there's a dance sequence at the end and mm-hmm. that was unexpected for me um <laughs> i don't have any strong thoughts to tell you guys i have not developed anything specific to say about it but just throwing it out there funny little way to close out <laughs> yeah it reminded me a little bit of the ending of white noise the new noah Baumbach film which ends also in like just a out of nowhere dance sequence and is awesome um but yeah it's a great way to end your movie for sure um 
But yeah, that, definitely this movie, it starts off in a way that you just really have no idea where it's heading. Um, and I went into this blind. Like I, I, I had heard buzz, like I had said, like out of festivals, but I didn't actually know what was going to be happening in the movie or like what, what it was going to be necessarily about. Um, so yeah, they, they really do not clue you in in that opening it could have gone in a james bond direction it could have gone in a horror direction a thriller like whatever um they they really kind of just throw you into this world and kind of figure out what's going to happen from there uh so but yeah I, th I think that's interesting though using james bond as the uh, example of that so a uh, great one there I will go with a, a ridiculous puzzle piece, but I can't help myself. Uh, I'm going with Barbershop uh, yes. from <laughs> director Tim Story from 2002, which I just rewatched recently because his new film, The Blackening, came out. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I was like, I'm going to revisit Barbershop. And it's it's so good. It's just so funny. But, um, you know, obviously it's just, it's so like the 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 setting of all these people who cut hair for a living and hanging out just gossiping talking with each other about their coworkers their lives their uh their customers the world around them everything going on uh it's kind of an easy comparison to make and i think it's worthwhile comparison to make even though they're obviously very very different movies no that's great i've done a few hair modeling gigs and i do think that there is some truth to the storytelling in Medusa Deluxe. It is a lot of hanging out. I mean, mm -hmm. I've never been to one where there was a murder <laughs> that I had to stay. Scalping. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, that hasn't <laughs> happened for me. Thank goodness. Knock on wood. Um, but there, yeah, there's definitely some truth to that, just the hangout. And off of what you're saying, I did want to note that I think that uh, Thomas Hardiman, who directed and wrote Medusa Deluxe, did a great job using hair language throughout the film. Um, mm. This is not exactly a puzzle piece, just an observation. But like, there's the one moment when they are all hanging out and the model who had been with the person who was killed is like, he wanted to do the upside down pair. And all of the other right. models were like, oh, no, oh my gosh. <laughs> and like, I do not know what an upside down pair is, but all of them did. And it kind of created that community of who they are and what they're into. And then another yeah. one I referenced was like, the, there were two of the women were talking and there she was like trying to remind the other woman of this different show they had done. And she was like, there was a blue bob with turquoise undercut or something like that. And like, so just another example of hair being used as an identifier amongst the community, but also as like a marker yeah. of time sure. for the community. Like, oh yeah, that year you did that look. I remember that, you know? And that's what was in and that's what we were like all going for and For whatnot. sure, exactly. <laughs> and like even this year, it's like when they look back on it, they'll be like, oh yeah, it was the year he got scalped. Like even that is hair related, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So anyway, that was just an observation. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I, I was thinking of, but I've actually never seen it. I was thinking of uh, that documentary with Chris Rock, Good Hair, mm. uh, which, you know, definitely delves into the importance of hairstyles in a particular community and just, you know, how how much that kind of like speaks to the community. And uh, I don't know. Have either of you seen that movie? I haven't seen it. I've not seen that one seen yet. No. Yeah. But I remember hearing right about on. it, getting great reviews. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, so that's our like three rounds of pieces. Did either of you have any others that you wanted to throw into the mix before we wrap up uh, Medusa Deluxe? I think I've got one. Um, sure. Follow me in this one because it, it's it's a bit out there. Because uh, I feel like the build up to the end and like how like kind of like almost sets the the standard within the U.S. films of like detective stories or like drama mystery murders like this is um the Maltese Falcon. Mm-hmm. Kind of like how we have this buildup of our characters going around, running about each other, seeing who's the actual traitor, what's going on, the sub-stories. Yeah. And then we have that finale and, you know, the stuff the dreams are made of type type of line right here that we see towards the end. But we see actually moving forward. And that's something so absent within the genre. Most of the time, mm. our stories just die right there with the story. All right. Yeah, yeah, no, there's a lot to to explore here. So once, you know, once, you know, we kind of know where it's headed, like they, they still have a lot left to do in that in that building and in that event and figuring out what's going on. So absolutely. Uh, I think that's an interesting one to throw in there. What about you, Rose? Anything else that you wanted to throw in? I did in? have one last project I wanted to mention. I don't necessarily think that the filmmakers had an opportunity to check out this film, but Mm. it reminded me of a short film called Undercut, which was in the Las Vegas 2018 48 hour film festival. Oh, nice. And (laughs) it's available on YouTube. Um, And since, you know, we're all, we've all got our Las Vegas connects, I feel like it was worth mentioning because- (laughs) yeah. Who knows? Maybe they did get to see it. Would love that for them if they did. Um, if not, would still love for people to to check out this piece on YouTube. Like, shout out to local filmmakers. Um, I have the link here. I'm worried it's going to start making noise if I look at it. No. Okay. I did it. I did it. <laughs> Lee Pit Flicks is the... I, YouTube account that it is on. And I can share the link okay. with you, David. Yeah, email me the link and I'll add it to the show notes. Okay. Um, definitely people should check that out. I'd love to check that out. Yeah, um, it's a same. very fun. It's very fun and it's about a haircutting. So yeah. that's all. <laughs> right on, right on. Awesome. Um, I'll, I'll throw in, I, I had two others. One of them is kind of like goes along the same lines as 1917 and that's Birdman, the Inaritu film. Uh, also a lot of backstage stuff. So it kind of really especially fits the, uh, the, that kind of scene. But the other one that I was going to bring up is The Shining, uh, Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Uh, all the twisting and turning down long hallways and the disorienting nature of the building that you're in, that all just kind of feels like a labyrinth and you can't quite get your bearings no matter where they're going and we talked about that uh cinematographer following him around with the camera the whole time and like how difficult that must have been to uh choreograph all those shots and everything moving constantly so uh yeah i just thought of the shining and and just how you can never quite catch your bearings in that hotel as they're going through all the hallways and everything like that so yeah that that's uh the last one i had there so I will read down our finished list of pieces here, and then we'll get into some closing thoughts. But we talked about 1917, Blow Up, Her Smell, Knives Out, John Waters Films, Death Proof, Daredevil, James Bond Films, especially Die Another Day, Barbershop, The Maltese Falcon, Undercut, The Shining, and Birdman. 
Um, yeah, a lot of like stuff from all over the place, really. Cause I mean, we do have the, you know, the hair aspect, which is like kind of the main, you know, setting, but then also the one shot aspect, the murder mystery aspect, like this is definitely an interesting, uh, mix of things going on here. Uh, let's start with you, Guillermo, any closing thoughts, anything uh, that you wanted to mention that we didn't get to while doing puzzle pieces? I mean, I did love the unique trajectory of the story like i think we brushed up when i talked about maltese falcon the ending is it's done in such a way that it catches you off guard like whoa and i do appreciate that um and of course to the viewers uh your thoughts on what you think about that ending because that was interesting for sure that was a choice yeah um but i did enjoy the movie overall that was that was something new and you know it's a24 so can never go wrong with it so yeah, right. <laughs> For sure. How about you, Rose? Yes. So first off, A24, I want to thank Guillermo for being so thoughtful about finding a production company that is supportive of the actors and writers who are on strike right now. So once more, thank you, Guillermo, for that. AMPTP, the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, are the main body that are being striked against. And there's been a number of contract negotiations that they've declined. However, A24 has agreed to those contract requests from SAG-AFTRA and WGA. So that's one of the reasons why they are an outlier. Um, And even though they are a large production company, they are technically an indie production company. So that's a really cool element about them. And I'm kudos to them because being independent filmmakers is hard And then to get to this level, they've been doing this for years and years and have found this mainstream success, which is great. Okay, off my soapbox, back onto the uh, subject of the film. I do want to say that I thought the characters were really well acted and engaging. I was very Mm -hmm. um, uh, invested in the characters. I think actually I didn't, I had mixed feelings about the ending because I like, was so invested in the characters that were really fleshed out. And I, I felt like, I don't know. I don't want to give, I don't want to do any spoilers. So I, I second Guillermo on whenever you, the viewer, listener watches the film, think about how that ending makes you feel. Um, Mm -hmm. But so, so well performed and unique. I thought each character had its, had a unique personality and it felt yeah. like they were real humans with real personalities. It did. It didn't feel uh, cartoonish, you know. Even if I've mentioned John Waters here, <laughs> sure. um, yeah. these I felt like were were believable uh, characters that were fun to watch on screen. Yeah, they're all such strong personalities that, like, even though this film is relatively quick, like ninety to a hundred minutes, um, like you really feel like you know everybody, like all these people, and it's a lot of characters, and you kind of get enough time with all of them that you have a real strong grasp of them all. So, yeah, I mean that speaks to a great script, but also great performances. So, uh, for sure, I think that does it for Medusa Deluxe. Um, Guillermo, let's start with you. What is something you watched recently you'd like to recommend to our listeners? Oh wow. Um, it could be an old movie or a new movie. Oh, good, because I was wondering about that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's been a busy month, so like I caught um the from the Fathom events, I caught the screening of Castle in the Sky, uh, which one is oh. one of the great Miyazaki films uh, sure. a few weeks ago. So I, 
it's always good to see old movies in the great screen. It's just, oh my gosh, the experience. And, oh, yeah. uh, you know, revisiting movies that, you know, inspire in the terms of uh, story storytelling and just like visuals. I just, I, I enjoyed a good rewatch on the big screen. That would be a good one to see on the big screen for sure. How about you, Rose? Yeah, that's super cool to see that one on the big screen. That's awesome. For me, I watched uh, recently Dog Day Afternoon, the 1975 film with Al Pacino. Nice. Fantastic. Honestly, new favorite film. Highly recommend people check it out. <laughs> Absolutely. We actually, speaking of Awesome Movie, just covered it on Awesome Movie a few weeks back, and uh, it's it's so good. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to listen to yeah. that episode. It was, yeah, I mean, it is. It's amazing. It's great storytelling. It's more, um, I don't know, it's like, forward thinking for the 1970s mm -hmm. like my, like it it holds up over the years which is nice and yeah. um again performances outstanding also like ensembles like small ensemble cast intimate but like a very engaging so yeah, yeah big fan absolutely absolutely uh guys thank you so much for doing the show guillermo where can people find you and your work well, uh, you can find me on Instagram at Gilbarahona, G-U-I-L-L-B-A-R-A-H-O-N-A. -A -A. Uh, there you can find also my link tree, which connects you to recent uh, interviews, like this one coming up soon, and uh, some of the other work that I've done, especially voice over and some other uh, writing work, uh, but also uh, kind of like the trajectory of the shorts uh, that Rose and I are working on and some of the other stuff that I'm currently working on as well. Awesome. How about you, Rose? Well, first, I want to hear your movie recommendation. David. Oh, my, my movie recommendation. Uh, let's see. What, what have I watched recently? The, now I'm in, on the hot seat. Yeah. And, uh, I, I have to pull up my letterbox, as a lot of my uh, guests usually do, um, to see what did I really like lately. I'll go with Landscape with Invisible Hand, which I'm still looking for a guest for. If anybody listening to this episode, uh, I, I really want to get into that one. It, it's a weird one. The new film from Corey Finley, uh, who did um, Thoroughbreds and Bad Education. Oh. Uh, it's his third film and is easily his weirdest film. And uh, I don't know. People should definitely check it out, even though I have a feeling most people won't like it very much, but I did. So. Okay, nice. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Good to know, yeah. Um, all right, yes, me. My name is Rose Donahue, and you can find me on Instagram at Rose Donahue underscore R-O-S-E-D-O-N-A-H-U-E. I do most of my stuff there, so you'll be seeing promos or heads up about what's going on. I'm an actor and producer working freelance. Um, I've also recently opened an Etsy shop and I am putting a portion of contributions towards the um, entertainment community fund to support people who are on strike right now. So if anyone feels inspired, it is called the T-shirt fund on Etsy. You can find it through the link tree in my bio on Instagram as well. Fantastic. And again, thank you for uh, doing that. Like, that's awesome that you're out there. Um, but yeah, guys, thank you so much for doing the show. And hopefully we can get you back again sometime. Thanks for having us. Hopefully soon. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Oh, and you know what? Before we go, you guys have a screening coming up uh, here in Las Vegas this week, right? Yes, we do. We've got a double header for people to come check out if they want to. We've got two short films playing back to back on Wednesday, August 30th. At 7 p.m. Where is that, Guillermo? At the Millennium Fandom Bar in downtown Las Vegas. 
woot woot, and we'll be answering some questions there. Oh, sweet. Like a Q&A. That sounds like really like an awesome time. Uh, so everybody, I'll have a link down in the show notes. So make sure to check that out. And again, thank you guys for being here. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm Josh Bell. And I'm Jason Harris, and we co-host a podcast called Awesome Movie Year. Each season, we take a look back at an awesome year for movies, which is every year. We deep dive into these specific years, and we pick out why they were such great years for films. We go over the biggest hits, the biggest flops, the best picture, and some personal picks, some cult classics. Years we've covered in past seasons include 1994, 2003, 1977, and 1984, and we've got all of film history to look forward to. So check us out at awesomemovieyear.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation about Medusa Deluxe. Thank you to Rose and Guillermo for joining me on that one. And thank you to all you out there listening. If you're enjoying Piecing It Together, make sure you are subscribed wherever it is that you're listening right now. And if there happens to be a five-star button that you can click on, leave a little review, you know, saying what you thought of the show, it would be very much appreciated if you did that. Uh, It helps get the show in front of new listeners. And that's, of course, what we're trying to do here is get the show out to as many people as we can. So please do that. And of course, you can follow us on social media at PiecingPod and join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show. Uh, Aside from that, you know, I do want to remind you, we do have a Patreon, the Produced by David Rosen Patreon, where I post bonus and advanced content from Piecing It Together, Awesome Movie Year, and from my music career. And speaking of my music career, uh, at the time that this episode goes up, I will be in the middle of releasing track by track an exclusive soundtrack album. This is a film that I scored in 2021 called Jacqueline. And uh, I'm not putting this one out as like a full-fledged album release of mine. You know, I have a whole bunch of albums out under my name, David Rosen. But this one will be exclusive to the Patreon. And it's... I think a really good soundtrack and I could release it as its own album, but you know, I wanted to make this one something special just for the Patreon subscribers. But uh, since we're in the middle of releasing this thing right now, I'm going to play a track from that right now. So this is a track from the soundtrack album, Jacqueline. The track is called docs. And uh, like I said, it's a piece from this film from director, Chris Johnson. You can watch the film on Tubi right now. So check out Jacqueline. I'll put a link in the show notes, Uh, but You can get the whole soundtrack exclusively on the Produced by David Rosen Patreon at patreon.com slash bydavidrosen. So I hope you enjoy the track, and we will be back with more Piecing It Together real soon.
an All Points West production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.